Amen. I'm going to let you be seated tonight. Just being completely transparent with you. Um, as I step to the pulpit this evening, it's under a different weight than uh, a normal Sunday night. I feel like in a lot of ways I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders because I feel like the kingdom is what matters the most right now. And uh, we need God to help us. Amen. So I'm not just going to stand up here tonight and take a text and start preaching to you. I haven't come tonight to draw three, uh, three quick points, crescendo, call an altar call, and send you home. Um, when I was a boy, there were times that my family, um, we would come in, Jody and I would come in, and my mother or my dad would say, tonight we're going to sit down as a family and have a meeting, and we're going to talk about some things. And I feel like in a lot of ways tonight, that I'm just coming to the head of the table. Right. We're going to sit down and talk about yeah. some things together. Because I feel like the Lord is going to take us into some fresh dimensions this year. This is usually something that we say when we want people to get hyped up and excited and to dance and to shout. And so I'm saying this very calmly tonight because before you clap or stomp or step out in the aisle and wave your hands, sling your hanky dance, shout, or cry when I say that this church is going to another dimension in 2022. We're getting ready to count the cost tonight, and I'm going to tell you that it's going to be more expensive than you could have ever imagined in your life. What God is going to do in your life this year is going to cost you greatly. But the church of the living God is being repositioned right now. There is a repositioning, and I'm not, just, uh, I'm not just saying this. I'm telling you, I'm not going into great detail tonight, but I've been with the Lord over the last few days. And the Lord's been speaking some things to me. And I feel like God is about to reposition the body of Christ and the earth right now in a different way. And I'm standing before you humbly to tell you tonight that in the midst of all of this moving and shaking, this church will not be left behind. We're not going to be left behind. As a matter of fact, I feel an anointing upon us. Not only to not be left behind, but to help lead the way. There is an anointing on us in this hour that we're going to begin to see some things fall into place that... Over the next couple of months, it's going to make more sense to you. But I've been feeling in the Holy Ghost some things that are going to fall into place. And God is going to use this church in many ways to lead some direction in our movement. God is going to elevate the voices of some in this assembly. And we're going to see some things transpire. If I had it uh, in my perfect will and way tonight, we wouldn't even be streaming this Sunday night. But we have so many that are sick and wanted to be here and I made up my mind, call me hard-headed if that's what you want to call me, whatever it is. But we have way too many people that are well and feeling good to not have church on this Sunday. And so I told our staff, I said, I don't care if it's 100 people that shows up. We're going to have church on Sunday and we're going to have a mighty move of God. And I'm glad we showed up today. And there's three young people this morning that are grateful we had church on Sunday morning. And there's going to be some people here tonight that are going to be glad before we leave we had church tonight. Because God's going to speak fresh direction in your life. 
You're going to set your sail and feel the wind of the Holy Ghost on this first Sunday for us in 2022 as your life takes fresh direction. If you believe it, just shout amen and give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. I say that I, I wouldn't stream this my perfect idea of what this is tonight very simply because I know that there are good people that are listening and want to know what's going on in here and I also know that there are people that love to misconstrue things that you say and they love to rip words out of your mouth and twist them and contort them. As a matter of fact, it's one of the greatest ways to make money in the world right now. Just twist what people say, sell it as news, and that's how it goes. So tonight I'm going to be crystal clear with what I feel like the Lord has spoken to us tonight. Our theme for this year is you walked into the lobby and you noticed there was a transition from this morning to tonight is that we are going beyond. More than just a theme to present to this church on what should have been a week ago, but we're a, a week late, and thank God not a dollar short. Amen. But this has been more than just a theme. It's been a journey that we've been on. As the year closed out last year, I stepped to this pulpit before the chaos of all the holiday season, and I began to share not just my heart, but what I felt was the heart of God with this church when I preached a very simple sermon to this church called beyond the garden and I talked to you about how that in the ideal of God when he created man in the garden of Eden that he said that he wanted man to tend and keep the garden of Eden that it had to be a place of order but then the next thing that he said to him was to be fruitful and to multiply he said I want you to have dominion not just in the garden he said I want you to have dominion in the earth and so I believe that the plan of God was that there would be dominion outside of the Garden of Eden. But the situation as it was, and I'm certainly not going to re-preach the sermon, was that somehow in the chaos and the confusion that transpired in the conversation between Lucifer and the woman and then the woman and the man, was that in the place that man had already been given dominion, he allowed the enemy to come in and so... Uh, seed that was corrupted in that garden and because of that the will of God did not happen beyond the garden and I'm beginning tonight on this step because I want to make some things very clear and everything that I'm going to say tonight I'm going to say this in love as much as I can but I feel uh, in a lot of ways tonight brother snow I feel like a general standing in a war room and I'm standing up to call on soldiers and I'm not here by any means tonight to patty cake anybody pat you on the back and tell you it's okay to just keep doing what you're doing I want you to hear me when I tell you this tonight that I believe that God is calling us to another level that mediocrity is not going to cut it it's not going to work for us in 2022 to just slide back into our way of three services a week. If we show up and get a little prayer time every day, so be it. That's all right. But you understand me when I tell you that we have already been fighting against the powers of hell. We've already been fighting against the powers of darkness. And I'm going to preface this one time tonight. Everything I say, I'm going to say in love, okay? But listen to me. We're going to fight from this pulpit and we're going to fight from our prayer room the powers of darkness. But we are not going to fight people.
Amen. We're not going to fight people. We're not going to fight sour attitudes. We're not going to fight people that don't want to go where God's trying to take us. We're not going to fight people that are stuck in an old rut. We're not going to fight people that are stuck in an old way. We're not going to talk about the great things of God and have somebody stand back and say, well, I'm not going. I feel my bishop getting on me right now, and I'm just going to say it like my bishop used to say it. Well, then you can either get on the truck or you can get left behind. But I make you a promise that by the midway point of 2022, those that don't want to get on board and those that don't want to climb on the train, you're not going to recognize the church that you're sitting in tonight halfway through this year. Come on, somebody. There's going to be a boldness that's going to come on some folks in this church. Some of you have been feeling it in little levels, and I'm prophesying this tonight. I feel this. I'm tapped in in the Holy Ghost, but some of you have been feeling twinges of it. When you feel things that are contrary in the Spirit and you know it's not right, and you sit and you kind of twiddle your thumbs a little bit and you talk to the Lord and you think maybe I ought to say something to Pastor or Sister TJ, and you meant there's something not right about that. There's something that's off about that. I'm telling you that God is about to elevate that to another level of boldness. And not only are we going to declare to the enemy tonight that you're not going to stop or stifle revival, but we're going to speak to every negative voice that tries to raise its ugly head and speak against what God is doing and we're going to command that voice to either be silent or to exit the conversation What are you talking about, Pastor? That's not even biblical. There was a desperate man that came to Jesus, and he said, my daughter's about to die. And one of his servants came to him and said, your daughter's already dead. Don't even trouble the master. And Jesus said, I'm going to go with you, Jairus. And he walked into the house, and there was doubt and confusion. There were professional mourners in there that were weeping and crying, and it probably wasn't even real. Maybe a few family members, but I'm telling you, the enemy likes to work in smoke screen. He likes to work in ways that feel as though they're the real world, but they're not. And Jesus said, I'm about to silence this phony, fake fraud, a spirit that's in here mourning over this. And he said, I want every one of you to get out of here and leave me alone with death. I'm telling you, somebody in this room tonight's about to get bold enough to stand up to the voices that have been speaking in your ear. It's nothing but the smoke screen to tell you that revival is behind us I've been told for the last time that God is finished with America and God is finished with his church and God is finished with revival we're about to see the greatest revival we have ever seen As Peter stepped to Jesus and tried to somehow stop the vision and the purpose and the destiny that was in his spirit. Although Jesus obviously loved Peter and allowed Peter to be used under the power of the Holy Ghost in the book of Acts. The word of the Lord said that when Peter tried to stop him that the Lord looked Peter in the eye and said get thee behind me Satan. It's time for us to start calling voices what they are. You can love the person but when that voice begins to speak that would interrupt the destiny of God's kingdom in the earth that is not of God hallelujah we're not going to fight flesh we're not going to fight flesh we're not going to fight people that don't want revival listen you don't go into revival kicking and screaming 
<laughs> you can be seated. You don't go into revival frustrated. You go into revival prostrated. You don't get to stand up and say, well, this is what I think, this is what I think, this is what I think. You know what I found out with God? He don't care what I think. Are you hearing me? I said, he don't care what I think. That's why they, when his disciples said, teach us to pray. He said, all right, this is how I want you to pray. Our Father which is in heaven. You're in a perspective that I'm not. You're seeing things from a different perspective than I am. I try to tell the Lord how I feel about it. And he said, boy, you don't see things the way that I see things. I'm looking at it differently. He said, I want you to recognize who I am and where I am. And then I want you to start praying, thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Revival does not come with a plethora of opinions. Revival comes when my people, which are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I'm calling this church to help you understand this year that we're not going to stand up and stand on opinions. We're going to stand on the word of God. It's forever settled in heaven. My mother used to tell me all the time that opinions are like armpits. Everybody has a couple and most of them stink. Opinions. Opinions get old, but we all have them. And it's one thing for me to share my opinion with you. It's another thing for me to fuss with God and tell God my opinions. As I was seeking the Lord about where we are really as a church, where we are as a nation, things that are transpiring. I want you to know that there is power in what we say. Boy, that went over like a lead balloon. I said there is power in what we say. I want you to listen to me. I'm being as honest as I can be right now. The other day, when all this crazy stuff started happening at the twist of the new year, we'd all been together here for the bread, the blood, the body, and the blood. A couple folks had sniffles and they said, oh God, we've all got COVID. They did. Oh my God, we all got COVID. Your words have power. And we can speak fear into the atmosphere. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I started communicating with people. Fear had gripped the hearts of people. Oh God, it's the C word. It's the C word. It's the C word. You know, the other night when I sat in Tuesday night in my office and I was talking to you folks and I said, there's some things I'm not going to say publicly because I know they're probably transcribing it. Ten minutes after I got on addressing this church about not being intimidated, we took a screenshot. Fact checkers already fact checking me on our church's address, church's Facebook page. For more information on us word 19, click this link. I want to tell you what Facebook can do with that link. They can go ahead and remove it off of our page because I don't give a rip what Facebook thinks about it. I'm declaring to Facebook and YouTube and Rumble and anybody else tonight, we're the children of God and we're still not intimidated. We're not. And we're not going to be. 
Well, well, I know, I know, but they have a right to their opinion. They may have a right to their opinion. We'll use their platform. That's all right. I don't mind using that platform. But their opinion isn't the opinion of God in this church. And God's opinion was this. Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That's it. There was a... I began to call people because we've already been through this. It's getting old. We're, we're turning into pros. We're on our third year of this plant pandemic. We're on our third year of it. So I started calling people. Man, I heard you're sick. Yeah, I feel good. I got a little sniffle. Tested positive, but I sniffled. Tested positive, but I've been coughing. But so you're all right? I talked to a precious brother tonight. I said, man, you are. He said, yeah, I, ne- I never did. He said, I never did get symptoms. I said, praise God for that. What's that mean? What's that mean? It means that the enemy's plans are failing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The enemy's plans are failing. And when that spirit of fear tries to give you its opinion, you've got every right to lift up your voice and say, Satan, get behind me. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. We're going to have revival regardless. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be afraid. I heard some folks being negative the other day about we'd had a youth conference in Fort Wayne. A bunch of kids supposedly got the flu or whatever it was coming home from that. And so they're like, well, see, that's what happens when we get together. All right, let me just put the news flash out. We ain't going to stop getting together. In 2022, I'm going to be with God's people every chance I get. I'm going to be in church somewhere every time the doors are open. I'm not going to wait around for an invitation. The door's already open. He said, all who are thirsty, come and die. (laughs) We'll be together. And So my point is very simply this. I'm not going to listen to flesh. We're going to be careful. You know we were. Took a few days off. I gritted my teeth and made the phone call. First Sunday of the year, I wanted to puke. I was sitting at home. My kids sounded like they had a mild cold. My wife had about four or five wadded up tissues on the sofa. I was like, well, I guess we're going to cancel church. And we'll do whatever we got to do. But it still ought to grieve the hearts of people. Last Sunday night, I was sitting at, I, we were sitting at home. And my girl said, where are we going to go to church tonight? Well, don't you think that kind of like mess up the purpose? If we're not having church and somebody said, well, pastor's whole family's at church at Calvary Tabernacle tonight. I'm sure my friend would have appreciated that if we'd have marched right in there to Calvary Tabernacle. And guess what happened? Calvary Tabernacle had to cancel church. So I've been seeking God. What, what's going to happen? How's this going to work? Because I'm tired of dealing with, I'm tired of dealing with the spirit. And I sense that frustration in you precious people. I've got more calls, more texts, more meetings. More face-to-faces, more fist bumps, more talks about, I'm just sick of it, Pastor. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of dealing with it. I'm, 
I'm, I'm sick of the animosity. I'm sick of the anti this and don't do this and go do this and keep your job or lose your job. I'm sick. I'm sick of all this. Well, ain't nobody in here as sick of it as I am. I'm absolutely sick of it. But I'm not going to fight that spirit in this church. And so I'm telling you, if you felt the need to go get whatever you had to get, then go get it. But if you're looking down your nose at people who decided not to, or if you decided not to and you're looking down your nose at people that decided to, at some point you're going to have to get up and put on your big boy britches and not get offended at every word that comes across the pulpit. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We're not going to fight flesh in 2022. I'm going to rise up and declare it every chance that I get. I'm, I'll fight a devil every day of the week, but I'm not going to fight flesh. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying we're going to go beyond flesh. We're going to go beyond our flesh. We're going to go beyond opinions. We're going to go beyond personalities. And if God has given you uh, a conviction in your heart, hold on to that conviction. Come on, I'm being straight as I can be. If somebody hears it online and makes them mad, whatever. They can't even buy me a hamburger because they're not here. If God gave you a conviction about it, then keep your conviction. And before you make any decisions, seek God and see what he has to say about it. If you feel good about it, then go get it. Go do whatever you need to do. Take care of business. But we're going to have revival. I got in the book of Matthew, the 17th chapter. Matthew, the 17th chapter. And Jesus begins to speak to his disciples. There's a devil-possessed boy that's needing to be healed. And... Uh, Scripture said in verse 14, when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's a lunatic, sore vexed, and for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. I brought him. This is, this is it right here. This is where we're at. He said, I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. This, this has been where I've been struggling the last few days, talking to the Lord. I think this is the biggest pandemic in the scripture. We got a boy that's possessed with a devil. And I brought him to people that are connected to you. I brought him to your disciples. And your disciples that have walked with you and talked with you and watched you do miracles. Everybody with me? This verse troubled me that's what God's speaking to us first trouble me this is a desperate man this is this is the exact thought process and I hope y'all aren't getting sleepy come on now I'm gonna turn the air condition on if y'all start falling asleep on me tonight this is the exact same thing as saying hey I need you to come to church with us on Sunday and let my pastor pray for you. This guy came to their rabbi, to their teacher, to their, to their leader. And he said, my son is a lunatic. He's possessed. 
And so Jesus feels compassion. He says, oh, really? Yeah. Well, what can we do? He said, well, I, I brought him to your disciples. And they could not cure him. Woo-hoo-hoo. Boy, this is tougher than I thought it would be. I brought him to your disciples. And he could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, y'all better be glad I'm not Jesus. I want to be like him more and more, but y'all don't want me preaching like him. Then Jesus answered, and he wasn't talking to the man that was desperate. He said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And then he looked at the man and said, bring him to me. Y'all following along? We brought this man that's a lunatic, possessed with a devil, to God's people. And something had them so distracted. You wonder if maybe, maybe Peter and James were in a fuss. Twelve of them's trying to work on it. Bro, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't say it. Don't you be doing that. Don't you be talking about that. And they're off on their little rant. And this man walks up while they're all carnal as can be and says, please help me. Aren't you Jesus? Yeah, yeah, we're his disciples. Aren't you? Yeah, yeah, we're his disciples. My boy's possessed with the devil. Can you pray? And they're like, come out. Nothing happens. What's the problem? It's identified in the, in the scripture. I know this is a different Sunday night. Jesus looked at him. He said, faithless and perverse generation. He presents two problems. He said, you're faithless and you're perverted. Listen to me now. I'm fixing to put some tools in your lap. We're going to go beyond our flesh this year. Jesus said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Two problems. He said, you're faithless. That means you're disconnected from God. He said, you're perverse. That means you're connected to the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He said, faithless and perverse. You are faithless because you're disconnected from God. And you're perverse because you're plugged into something else. Why are devils being cast out? Because we're disconnected from God and we're, we're connected to the world. I know sometimes I sound like a broken record, but it is absolutely so hard to cast a devil out of somebody on Monday or Tuesday when we sat at home the night before watching movies about wizards and sorcerers and witches and demonic possession. And then we try to walk in authority and cast something out. He said you're disconnected from God and you're connected to carnality. What's the antidote? Jesus don't ever present problems without the antidote. Listen, listen. 
church, I'm talking to you. I'm sitting at the table. We're having a family meeting tonight. I'm talking to you. I'm telling you, listen to me. I love you precious people, but there's still too much carnality in this church right now. There's still too much carnality in us. How do you know that, Pastor? Because some of us are wrestling. Some of us were not grieved at all that we, did, that we missed service last week. Some of us were not grieved at all. We still think services are multiple choice. How do you know there's too much carnality? Because we're still trying to prioritize things and have the kingdom in the cycle. And the kingdom ought to be number one. And everything else is prioritized around the kingdom of God. I'm telling you that job that you have is not, it is not what leads you around by your nose. That job you have is kingdom provision that God has given you. And every time you get a chance, you ought to be in the house of God and give God thanks for your provision. Oh my, 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 my. Come on, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to pour a little bit of wine and oil in the wound tonight if I can, just a little bit. I'm not here to provoke anybody. I'm not here to hurt anybody. But I'm telling you that God is calling us to go beyond some things that he tried to get us over last year. And the year before, he tried to get it out of us. He tried to wrestle some things out of us. And some of us came out a little bit cleaner. But we're holding on to a few things. Some of us are still wrestling with decisions. Some of us are still wrestling. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm I mean this, I'm not being ugly, but some of you are not connected to the undercurrent of what's going on in this church. You've been members for a long time. You've been attending for a long time. But when the Spirit of God begins to move and the wind begins to blow, you're absolutely clueless to what God's doing because we have disconnected from God and we've plugged into the world. Our priorities are out of whack and we're so carnal. got folks folks in here tonight wrestling with decisions been waiting on God to give me a sign God I'm waiting on God to give me a sign how long you been waiting five years six years ten years twelve years you ain't gonna get a sign the just shall live by faith and I'm gonna say this tonight with a prophetic anointing on me I'm telling you just as sure as I'm breathing I know that I'm plugged into the Holy Ghost tonight. I've been with God. I've been to the mountain the last few days. I've been with God. I want you to hear me. Please. Listen very attentively to what I'm about to tell you right now. Although we're seeing some things slow down in the picture of what what we've become familiar with. I'm being very careful how I say this. The things that have been pushing against us, we're starting, to, we're starting to see maybe some of that lose its hold. But I'm going to speak to you prophetically tonight, okay? There's going to be a rushing wave that's going to come against the church in the early part of this year. There's going to be a great resistance. I don't want anybody distracted what I'm telling you right now. Listen very closely to Pastor. There's going to be a great resistance that comes against us before breakthrough. And everything that does not have deep roots will be washed away in the flood. I saw it as if it was a dam released. 
And God used this church because this is where I'm the shepherd, but I saw it clearly. I saw this flood coming as a dam had been released. This house was full of people. The flood came across and I thought, oh God, it's going to wash away everything. Our people are going to die. And if you know me at all as your pastor, you know I'd lay down my life on a railroad track. for some, I'd step in front of a train for people in this church. And I said frantically, God, how do I stop it? How do I stop it? What can I do? God, teach me. Tell, tell me. Help me. What, 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 what can I do? Listen to pastor. Nothing you can do will stop the flow of what's coming. It's going to be a white water, rapid, a flash flood. It's not going to be long lasting, but it's coming. He said, you can't avoid it. It's coming. I said, okay. But what about washing everybody away? What are we going to do? And all of a sudden, as almost as quickly as it came, it washed through the church. And then the tail end of it passed through. And when it did, there were missing people. But there were more people left than I thought there would be. And the Lord said on this first Sunday night, He said, I want you to tell some people to get beyond some things. In the beginning of this year, they put some things in front of me. They've sought other things before my kingdom, but when the flood comes... He said they better have their feet established on the rock and have their roots running deep. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate both day and night. And he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of living water. You listen to me tonight, church. I'm not saying this to be ugly. I'm saying this is your pastor full of love. If you're going to try to live shallow in 22 when the storm comes you're going to get washed away you better get yourself established you better get some roots under your family this church better matter more than little league this church better matter more than your job this church better matter more than school sports this has got to the kingdom of God has got to be number one faithless and you're perverse now bring him to me in verse 21 he said to his disciples he said how be it this kind only goes out with prayer and fasting listen to me this is going to be as simple a preach as I can do I'm going to take you to kindergarten right here he said you're faithless and you're perverse everybody say faithless and perverse Faithless, you're disconnected from God. Perverse, you're plugged into the world. He said prayer will plug you back into God. And fasting will disconnect you from the world. There's people in this church that at the change of the new year, if you had to stand before God tonight, you couldn't tell the Lord the last time you fasted 24 hours. I know everybody wants to go along. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go on a long fast this year. My mom taught me some things when I was a boy. 
said, son, if the Lord calls you to a fast, go on a fast. And, and I do. Every year. I go on fast. I just came off one. I just came off. I know it may not seem like I'm pushing as hard as I can push tonight. I'm giving you all I got. But my mom taught me something. She said, son, you can go on a 40-day fast if that's what God calls you to. You better be sure God calls you to it. My dad's been on two or three 40-day fasts. I've been on 21s. God, God calls you to it. You better listen. Go to it. But you listen to what I'm telling you. I want you young people to hear, Pastor. If there's not an established day of fasting in your house, establish it. If you'll fast 24 hours a week, if you'll fast one day a week, you'll fast 52 days in a year. Now, we can, get, we can get to talking about all kinds of deep stuff. We can go deep. We'll talk eschatology. We'll get in Daniel Revelation. We all like that. We like talking about the prophetic. We like getting deep. Let me talk to you in the shallow end of the pool where, where none of us need floaties tonight. Could you imagine what 365 hours of prayer and 52 days of fasting would do to your life this year? I'm talking about the basics of serving God. Get you a day, and unless you're going on vacation, unless you got, well, I got to work. Thank God Jesus and Peter and Paul, none of them worked. Paul was in fastings often, he said. There were three men in the scripture that fasted 40 days. Three men in the scripture that fasted 40 days that we have record of. It was Jesus Christ, it was Moses. And it was Elijah and Bishop on Mount of Transfiguration. When heaven came down and touched earth and there was a supernatural visitation, Jesus had his, a couple of his disciples with him. And you saw Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Everybody wants the mountaintop. Nobody wants the climb. God is calling us this year. To go beyond our flesh. What's, what's wrong with us? I love you. But we've been faithless and we've been perverse. You could have a pastor that'd stand up here and tell you tonight. Y'all y'all are so wonderful. We're, we're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Listen. I ain't going to let the devil put one, one more thing under my chin this year. I'm not going to take one more licking on the chin from the devil this year. I'm going to lock myself in every chance I get. I'm going to talk to God every chance I get. Somebody in this room tonight, if I've ever been sure of it, I'm sure of it right now. I know there's probably some carnal somebody here that thinks I'm preaching to my flesh right now. I wish you could see my heart. Somebody's going to have to put an end to some cycles in your life tonight. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, somebody is going to have to put an end to some cycles in here tonight. This is no longer a wrestling match with God. It's a wrestling match with your flesh. And the enemy, the enemy has deceived you and made you believe that you're waiting on God. And you're not waiting on God. It's time to put a stop to it tonight. It's time to put an end to it. It's time for prayer and fasting. He said this kind, this kind is only going to go away when you reconnect with God and you disconnect from the world. You're going to have to pray and you're going to have to fast. Pastor, I've never fasted a full 24 hours in my life. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start this coming week and I want you to eat your dinner one night and fast until lunch the next day. 
You want to get convicted? Get on YouTube and see how many people fast 40 days with water only for nothing but their health. I promise God, you search 40-day fast, and you'll find 10 to 1 people that fast for their health and people that fast for spiritual reasons. It makes me so mad when I see people on there. I went 10 days with water only so that I could feel better. I'm like, you sorry dog. I get three days into water only, and I'm laying in the floor in a fetal position saying, oh, God. They're like, look at my skin glow on my vlog. I'm like, I'm fixing to shoot my phone because your vlog is on my phone. (laughs) My hair is glowing. My skin is glowing. There ain't nothing glowing on me after three days. Three days into water only, my, oh God, my hips hurt. My knees hurt. My neck hurts. My head hurts. I got a migraine. And they're like, oh, I feel so much better. I'm like, yeah, I figured you out. You've been a vegan for 29 years. You need nothing but a good steak. You need a 28-ounce porterhouse. I'm not kidding you. It, It frustrates me. I, I, got, I got to watching the other day just to make myself mad. I did. I, I started watching these guys the other day. They're like, I'm on a spiritual journey. I went up in the mountains for 21 days. The only thing I had was water. And I had to find my inner struggles. I'm like, bro, I can find them on the first 24. Listen, they come down off the mountain after 21 days trying to find themselves. I'm like, God, if it takes 1, 3, 7, 21, 40, whatever I got to do, I got to find you. Now, I'm going to ask for a show of hands tonight if there's anybody in here that enjoys fasting. Thank God there's no liars left. I got that preached out of them. (laughs) At least about that. One day a week this year, church. One day a week. Eat your dinner. I'm not talking about tricks. I'm not talking about tricks. Eat your dinner the night before at 9.30, then go to bed and eat your dinner tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Talking about one day a week. Push away from that table. If people are going 40 days with water only to find themselves, surely to God, FPC, in 2022, we can push away a day a week and say, God, search my heart and know me, I pray. I know I, know I sound like an old man up here tonight, but Brother Snow, I'm going to tell you what, what I believe. I believe as a pastor, there's very few things in my life that God can't fix with an hour of prayer a day, a day of fasting a week, and being in the house of God every time the doors are open. 
Uh, Pastor, how can I go deeper? Just start swimming somewhere. Just start walking. Just, just, just start doing what you know to do. I want God to take me deeper. Then you gotta get out of the shallow end of the pool and don't be afraid about what's in the deep end. You just gotta go. You gotta go beyond your fear of failure and just walk. I'm hurrying. If there was any way that I could get this to people that aren't here tonight and mute this online, I'd do it right now. But I'm getting ready to talk to you, okay? I'm going I'm to get down here. I'm going to talk to you. I told Brother and Sister Haney at lunch yesterday. We went to lunch with Brother Ethan afterwards. I said, if y'all hear some of this tomorrow night, just shout and act like you never heard it. I need everybody to just be adults in here tonight. Let me talk to you, okay? I'm just going to talk to you from my heart. I'm going to talk to you how God spoke to me. We're going to go beyond convenience in 2022. Everybody got your seatbelts on? I was sharing this with a pastor friend of mine late last night. I couldn't sleep. My phone rang and I answered it. It was him. We were discussing his service and he said, what are you going to talk to your church about tomorrow night? And I started laying my heart out. He got real quiet, Bishop. He said, you're going to say that to your church? I said, yeah, it's not bad. But we're going to have children this year. <clears throat> I'm going to try one more time. We're going to have children this year. what the Lord, this is how the Lord spoke to me. So if it offends you, I want you to take it up with the Lord, okay? I know what I risk because we got a lot of new moms in here. I want you to know I don't pay attention to what anybody does with their, with their newborn babies. I'm telling you how God spoke to me. This is what the Lord showed me. I just need you to be adults. The Lord showed me a mother that had a baby on her breast feeding it she was holding the baby close so Lord what is this he said you know the church is the mother I'm going to give you children and he said if you're going to have kids I need you to feed them I said yeah God I understand he said but I want to talk to you about what's happened in the church I said okay God now this is how he talks to me I said I'm listening Lord he said, you know, he said, years ago, when a mom gave birth, there were no options. She just pushed, gave birth to the baby. My great-grandfather Bingham was born somewhere, somewhere close to Donovan, Missouri. We don't even know where. The Ripley County Courthouse just said he's born in Ripley County. Papa Bingham just told me it's, it's a cabin somewhere out in Ripley County, Missouri. That's all we know. There was no doctors, no midwives, just a family. And my great-great-grandmother just pushed, had a baby. And the Lord began quickly showing me some things. He said that mother is to take that baby when, when, when she gets and put that baby on her chest and begin to feed. And I said, yeah, I understand. And all of a sudden, I saw the frustration on the face of this mother. And please don't think I'm trying to... 
make this crazy. I'm asking God to be sure your minds are right and clean right now, okay? He said, I've got mothers, churches. He said, I've got mothers. These are churches. He said, I've got churches that are frustrated in the darkness of the night right now. He said, they are frustrated because they're in pain. He said, the mothers are in pain and they're frustrated because the milk's not coming in the way that it should be coming in. He said, they're sore because they've been trying to feed and things aren't right. And if you've ever had to sit up at night with a crying mama and a crying baby, you understand what I'm saying. This is a very pivotal moment. He said, but, but what's happening now, and I, I feel that calm assurance coming over me right now in this place. He said, but what's happening, and I saw this mother. She shook her head in frustration, and she moved the child, and God is very decent. It was not an indecent thing the Lord showed me. I knew what was going on, but I, I didn't see indecent things. And the mother covered herself, removed the baby, and I saw this mother reach for a shelf, and she grabbed and said, God, what's she doing? He said, she's going for formula. I said, formula, okay, going for formula. He said, do you know why? It's so easy for mothers to grab formula now. I said, why, Lord? He said, because it's there. He said, there was a time that mothers fed their children from their, from their own chest because if they didn't, the baby would die. Oh, boy, it's awkward in here right now. He said, it didn't matter how sore they got. It didn't matter how much sleep they lost. It didn't matter how much they had to cook in the morning. It didn't matter how much laundry they had to do. He said, Mama fed that baby because if she didn't feed the baby, the baby died. And he said, the pressure has been lifted off the 21st century church. Because if they can't make it happen, they can always find a formula that works. He said, but this is what's wrong. And if I could preach this in a, some way and get this to the entire church, I'm not, I'm not the voice, I'm a voice. But I told somebody this week, I said, if I could preach this to the entire apostolic movement, I would do it right now. He said, here's the problem. He said, I put everything that newborn babies need in that mother. He said, all, all the nutrients, everything they need is in that mother. And he said, here's the issue. The church has become frustrated in the process. And he said, the formulas that they're grabbing... They didn't come from our movement. He said they're walking to charismatic shelves. He said they're walking to denominal shelves and they're grabbing denominal formulas and sticking it in the mouths of those babies just so that the baby can get something to eat. He said and then in two years they're wondering why the children don't know doctrine. Every program and every formula that we get, we're grabbing it off of a shelf of convenience from somebody else. Well, it worked at that church. It's working at that mega church. It's working for them in Houston. It's working for them over there. I think I'll go to a conference and get another formula. This is the only church that I pastor. It's the only church that I pastor. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, tell my people, if you're going to have children, you're going to have to feed them. And it's going to be inconvenient. And he said, I want you to guard this year at FPC the formulas. He said, be very careful at the formula that you grab. 
Because whenever there are hungry children and desperate people, but they don't want to pay the price, he said they'll just start grabbing for any formula that they can. But I've put everything the babies are going to need in the church of the living God. I looked over on those bottles and I started seeing the names of certain preachers Books, their, their authors, their denominal preachers. I could see the names of those guys on bottles, Brother Stephen. And I saw the church reaching over and grabbing a bottle. And you know some of the names. I saw the name on the bottle. He said they're sticking it in the mouths of their kid. But listen, listen to me. He said there's something about a bond between a baby and a mama. When that mother is feeding her baby, even when the child is not cognizant, they get so used to the smell of the mother's clothing or cologne or whatever. He said, he said, watch this. And he handed the baby towards the mother. And as soon the baby's eyes were closed and didn't even know. And as soon as the baby got in mom's hands, that baby started rooting its face toward the answer. He said, you're wondering why there is a dislocation of people that are born again. And then they dislocate. He said, we're going to have to get these children familiar with the smell of the church. We're not going to look for shortcuts this year. We're going to pick up children that are hungry, and we're going to feed them. You're going to get tired of picking them up for church. You're going to get tired of taking them out for coffee. You're going to get tired of saying the same old thing over and over and over and over and over. Brother Sean, how many times in your walk with God have you had to tell people, you can't do that, man. I mean, dear God, y'all have worked with family after family after family. And every family, you can almost just change the face and the name. And it's the same thing. It's over and over and over. But the Lord said, I'm going to give you children that have been fed on formulas that are not satisfying them. Are you hearing me? I'm prophesying to this church right now. He said, I'm going to give you children that have been fed formulas that have not satisfied them. And he said, I'm getting ready to send them. And I said, what in the world? He said, I'm going to do a supernatural posturing and positioning of this church. I said, show me, Lord. And I saw Moses laying in the thicket. Are you hearing me right now? I saw Moses laying in the thicket in the reeds. And I saw Pharaoh's daughter come down, pick him up. And I saw the Lord orchestrating this whole thing from above. And I saw them take that baby and take him into Pharaoh's palace. And all of a sudden, she started looking around. She said, what am I going to feed this baby? And the Lord said, I got a woman right over here. Let me orchestrate this. The Bible said that Moses' birth mother, Moses' own mother, that God positioned that woman in the house of Pharaoh and she began to feed her own child in the middle of Egypt. The Lord said, I'm going to put her in there. And I saw that woman sit down and put Moses on her chest and begin to rock. And I could see her whisper in the ear of that baby in Pharaoh's house. You may be in Egypt, but you are not an Egyptian. You may be in Egypt, but you are not an Egyptian. I'm not about to put, I'm not about to put an Egyptian formula in your mouth. I'm going to feed you and let you know you may be in Egypt but you will never be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter I'm asking you right now if you're willing to let God inconvenience your world 
If you would just let the Lord speak to you right now. I'm almost finished. But everything I'm speaking to you tonight, I've heard from the heart of God. I believe that with all everything that's in me, I believe I've heard from God. There's not a lack of formulas. There's a lack of wet nurses. There's a lack of mothers that are willing to pay the price. Stay up the late hours. Go through the pain. Say, God, I know I'm going to be tired. But if I don't feed this baby, it's going to die. Come on, church. I'm asking you to help me. I know I hadn't missed God. We can't afford for this church to miss this right now. These are divine moments of opportunity. I'm just about finished, but the Holy Ghost is reaching for somebody in here tonight. We're going to take the time this year to go beyond some things. We're going to get beyond some things. And I'm going to do some series and preach to you about some things. Our missions conference is going to be amazing this year. All that's going to be great. But right now, God's got to get us postured and lined up with some things. God, if you want to inconvenience me for revival, you can count me in. Come on, that's what I'm looking for right now. Come on, be careful before you buy in tonight. But I'm just saying, if you want God, if it's all right with you that the Lord starts messing you up, starts inconveniencing you for revival, I just want you to reach out and touch the Lord right now. Mm. Oh, God. I'm asking for some people tonight that'll make a commitment to God. I'm going to do everything in my power. In the next 12 months to go beyond my pride, to go beyond shame, to go beyond myself, to go beyond my comfort. And I declare in the presence of the Lord this night that I will win at least one soul this year. I'm going to teach at least one Bible study this year. Come on, search your heart. Nobody look around watching everybody else. Search your heart. God, I'm going to quit wrestling with my flesh. And I'm going to connect with one person and make that one person my mission field. I'm going to win a soul to Jesus. And if the first one I try don't receive it, I'm going to go to another one. I'm not talking about just filling this church up. I'm talking about filling heaven up. Come on. I'm talking about divine appointments with people on Facebook, Skype, FaceTime. They may not live here. They, they may live in another country. You're going to begin to rightly divide the word of truth. Come on, mama. Come on, let him inconvenience you a little bit. Don't go grabbing for a formula. Let the Holy Ghost flow through you. Mm. Mm. 
Come on, I'm not talking about just getting somebody to come to church with you. I'm talking about yoking up with somebody, pouring into them, make them your mission field. They're your daily, weekly text, phone call, praying for you today. Send them a scripture. Encourage them. Let them know. You've been on my heart. I've been praying for you. I'm talking about a backslider this year that's in a pig pen somewhere tonight. You're going to begin to see their face, and you're going to start sending texts. I've been praying for you. God laid you on my heart this week. I've been praying for you. Come on. Somebody that you know is cold in their spirit has walked away from God. You're going to make that your mission. You're going to write that name down. And every day you go to prayer, you're going to have that on your prayer list until you can mark that name off your prayer list this year. You want to increase your faith, you ought to go back through some old prayer lists if you have them of people that you prayed for five, six, seven years ago. And today they're sitting in the house of God somewhere. That will increase your faith. This has got to become the culture of who we are. We are not just church dwellers. We are disciples that have been sent into the world to transform it by the power of the gospel. To let people know that Jesus is coming soon. And except a man be born again of water and spirit, he cannot see or enter. We're going to go beyond our baptismal records this year. We're going to see more baptized in Jesus' name than we have ever seen in one single year put together. We're going to see it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you step out tonight into the lobby on your way out, you're going to see some opportunities there, just places to take photos. But listen, I don't want us to just get caught up that we've got a cool photo backdrop and we're going to smile with our family. There's some things out there fear and guilt and you're gonna pick it up and it's awesome they've worked so hard it's so cool i'm so proud they've worked so hard you pick it up and i'm gonna get i'm going beyond my fear i'm going beyond anxiety you're gonna pick it up and hold it take a picture and smile with your family we want you to we want you to plaster it everywhere we want people to know god can do it i'm i'm going beyond my pain we want that we want it but you know sometimes There are things that nobody can say for you. Now, this is going to be a dynamic shift in the whole room. And this is going to take some guts. You don't have to write your name on the paper. And if you don't want anybody to know it's you, then be kind of private and turn it in and put it in here face down. But this is going to be our first Sunday night altar call of the year. And this is the way we're going to do this. As a church, we're going to go beyond some amazing things this year. We're going to go beyond growth bears. I, I can't wait to tell you what all God's going to do. But some of you in this room tonight, it's going to be hard for you to get the big picture of what God's going to do in this church until you can get beyond some things in your own life. And I'm going to take a step out on a limb and say that 99% of you that want to go deeper with God, you know that there is one thing in your life, one major, major thing that you wrestle with over and over and over and over. 
And so tonight, we're going to make a declaration of faith. We provided torn pieces of paper up here that we're going to place out there. Now, we can't do all of them, obviously. And I don't want you to pick up a piece of paper and put 15 things. We put Sharpies out here. And, I, and listen to me. If this is something that you know you're wrestling with and, and, and you would be ashamed for it to go out there on the sign, then I want you to write it down on this and I want you to stick it in your Bible. And this one thing that has held you captive, I don't care what it is, if it's pornography... If it's addiction, if it's, if it's television, if you're addicted to, to entertainment, if you're addicted, if you have, uh, if it's something that's kind of general and you don't mind, but you, you face fear and you face anxiety, I don't care if it's something we've already got out here on the sign, whatever, your number one thing is that you're going to go beyond this year. I want you to start praying about it right now. And as the Lord speaks, I don't, if it's a decision you got to make, if it's, if it's something you got to do for your family, if it's something you got to do, uh, you can... You can do one for your family, but I want every man and woman in here at least. Don't, don't, don't turn this into coloring paper for your kids. But as the Spirit of God begins to move and this church begins to pray right now, I want you to think of the one thing that's keeping you from being exactly what God wants you to be. I want you to come up here and get a Sharpie tonight. They're laying everywhere. Pick up a piece of paper. And as you write it down, I want you to declare this year, Lord... I'm going beyond this. And we're going to put it right here in this basket. And we're going to rejoice this year. As you step forward with the testimonies and the emails and the phone calls. Saying, Pastor, on vision night, I wrote it down on a piece of paper that I was going to go beyond my fear. I was going to go beyond my anxiety. I was going to go beyond. And today I am free from that. We're going to start rejoicing week by week, service by service. As God lays something on your heart tonight, I want us to be prayerful. As a matter of fact, we can all stand in here. Praise God. Lord Jesus, right now, I just want you to begin to speak in this room. I, I command shame to go. God, if there is something that we've been wrestling with, an addiction that we need broken, tonight we are going be it in the name of Jesus I'm not going to wrestle with it for another year I'm going beyond it. I'm going to go beyond it come on there's no shame in here if you're, if, if you're alright it's pretty much anonymous so you can put it in their face down nobody will know it's you don't put your name on it but if you don't want to stick it in there you can put it in your Bible and take it with you amen try to write it as clear as you can so we can tell what it is and we're going to put it out there amen for some folks it's as simple as an addiction to scrolling through your phone every three minutes I'm, I'm, I'm going to go beyond distraction this year that's cool and then start setting a plan for yourself I believe God's going to honor this some of you, as you start to write it down, you're going to feel a rush of emotions come over you. And it's almost going to be like a separation anxiety because you're going to feel something die in you as you write it down. I'm going beyond my fear of failure. I'm, I'm, I'm going beyond my anxiety. I'm, I'm going beyond it. I'm going beyond 
my past, whatever that means. I'm, I'm going beyond my past failures. Come on, somebody. This is a statement of faith on this first Sunday night of the year for us. I'm going beyond it. <laughs> Pray over it in Jesus' name as you go. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is moving in here right now. As some people are writing this, tears are starting to stream down their cheek. That's all right. This is the thing that's keeping you from going deeper. I'm going to go beyond it. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost releasing it here right now.